0: Brought to you by the Cabell County Public Library. Between Two Shelves brings you a new look on the day-to-day life of a library. From youth services to circulation and beyond, our episodes will lend you the world here at the Cabell County Public Library. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Between Two Shelves, the official podcast for the Cabell County Public Library. Today I am joined with a special guest, Mayor Steve Williams, the Mayor of Huntington. Mayor Steve Williams was elected Mayor of Huntington, West Virginia in November 2012 re-elected November 2016 and again in November 2020 to become Huntington's first three-term mayor. Since taking office, he has utilized his diverse background in economic development, finance, state government, and local governments to shepherd a renaissance in Huntington that has not been seen in decades. Under Mayor Williams' leadership, Huntington was named the $3 million grand prize winner of America's Best Communities competition in April 2017 for a comprehensive plan to transform Huntington into economic gateway of the Appalachian region. Huntington has also gained recognition as a City of Solutions for its innovative programs to address the opioid epidemic. Mayor Williams is a past president and current board member of the West Virginia Municipal League. He also serves on the board of directors for the National League of Cities and the U.S. Conference of Mayors. He is married to Mary Poindexter Williams, has two stepdaughters, Nikki Reed and Laura Urban, three beloved family dogs, Darby, Foster, and Bailey, and a cat, K.C., Mayor Williams, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing?
1: Doing real well. Doing real well. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to be able to talk with you and I'm eager to, to hear what we end up talking about <laughs> because this will end up, even though I know you have some questions to ask, my experience is is that it will go in several different twists that we didn't expect.
0: Uh, I think that's what makes it fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, we will just go ahead and jump into the questions. First, what are some of your responsibilities as Mayor of Huntington?
1: Well, that's such a broad, broad, broad list. Yeah. In essence, the mayor is elected to be the chief executive of the city to oversee all of uh, city government's services that are provided, police, fire, Maintaining the streets, garbage collection, everything along, the, along those lines. Mm-hmm. What's not ever stated in the charter or in law is that the real responsibility of a mayor is to establish a vision, build consensus around that vision, yeah. and then actually going on and not just articulating and building sense it's getting it done sure and and the way you get it done is getting folks to buy into what you're going to do one thing that i've particularly have come to to learn when people ask what have i done i mean the reality is is that for the last 10 years that that i've been mayor all i've tried to do is set the stage for Mm -hmm. individuals within the community to embrace the vision and then by encouraging their participation, folks in the community are the ones that are actually getting things done. Yeah. And that has a long lasting effect. It's, uh, if all you're expecting is what the mayor is going to do, it will not last beyond the term. Mm-hmm. And what I'm constantly saying is that we have to look, not just a few years ahead, way that we're looking at things, I'm looking 50 years from now. Yeah. And I will be a a distant memory by that point, but if we do it right now, we will have transformed the city for the next half century.
0: Yeah, establish that legacy that's going to carry on. And and
1: I'm hesitant even to say legacy because that Mm. is something that is kind of pinned on an individual that is there, is that... And I guess we could say legacy if we're saying our community's legacy. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's look at Huntington for the last 50, 60 years. We have become accustomed to things not happening here. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea of when I came in to office in 2013, elected in 12, Stepping into office in two thousand and thirteen, is I knew that we had to lift folks' expectation and start to believe in themselves again. Yeah. And as we have been able to to do that, it's awfully it's incredible to see what folks in Huntington are are able to accomplish. We can compete with anybody in the world, anybody in the world. And the one thing that I constantly try to impress and stress to to individuals is that don't ever apologize for us being a small town that works to our advantage we can do as much as the largest cities in in the world and we have Mm -hmm. done as much as the largest cities in the world but we've become a, a city that sets standards that the rest of the nation is seeking to to follow and while while we are doing that, our city is advancing, and as a result, folks are beginning to expect um, success, hmm. expect that prosperity is being developed, and that will be our legacy over the next 50 years.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that kind of leads into my next question of, and I'm sure you've had this question hundreds of times, mm-hmm. what makes Huntington
1: unique? Without question, it's people.
0: Hmm
1: what I came to understand early on is that we have tile and talent hiding in plain sight. Uh, There's a level of sophistication and accomplishment and ability here that in every aspect of our community, every neighborhood of of our community and their folks when given the opportunity step up and they shine in a way that nobody ever imagined um, possible. Yeah. And, and in that in that regard, uh, the compassion of our community is what I, I believe is our strength. Is that uh, I have I have a plaque over on my wall. We're in my office right now, and there was a there was a governor that came from a uh, nation in in Africa. That came to thank a church that has been very active in their own mission ministries in in that area, was Christ Temple Church. And uh, they came, the governor came to thank the folks at Christ Temple Church for what they have done in water development and health care and hospitals and and the development in, in, in that regard. Well, in the African tradition, he wanted to come to the political leader of the city. Yeah. But then we had a wonderful conversation, but the the plaque says uh, to the citizens of Huntington, a city of uncommon compassion. Hmm. Now with all of the awards and accolades that we've received, that I am proudest of because yeah. it is, it's, it's our citizens that truly make our, our city unique. And frankly, anybody who comes to visit our town, you, you read letters to the editor after there are folks that are coming and just they are just so amazed uh, and touched by the kindness of folks within, within this community. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to say what makes Huntington unique yeah. is, uh, is, are the citizens of our community.
0: Yeah. So, just a little background. Um, I've I've done a lot of that like service work in Huntington and in the area too with uh, the campus ministry that I was a part of down at Marshall.
1: Yeah. And uh, churches are a major, major part. Yeah. What I've found is that giving churches an opportunity to minister outside their doors. Yep. The mission fields are not necessarily on the other side of the world. They're no, they're right, right in your backyard. right in our, our backyard. Mm-hmm. And what we found, whether it be the opioid epidemic or hunger or helping folks through COVID, mm-hmm. helping individuals be able to, uh, to stand on their own two feet and be able to find a job, the churches I've found give once again everybody who attends those churches all have an assignment not necessarily it's given to them it's their what how i see it and I'm, I'm not becoming preacher steve here <laughs> but is that everybody has a calling yeah some of it could be spiritual It could be with within uh community involvement, it could be uh, business in, in involvement but everybody has a calling mm-hmm. and what I've been so impressed in, in our community is that through churches through school systems through various associations that we have, again, in our community, uh, folks have a tendency to be able, willing to get the shirt right off their back yeah. to be able to help lift somebody up
0: I think that's the one thing that, when I started working at the library, is the one thing I really didn't expect when I started working there is, how much that really is more of a community service, and how that is really addressing the needs in the community more than it is you know giving somebody
1: a book. It's 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 just that personal touch. Yeah. And it's just a matter of creating opportunities for individuals. Um, to be personal with with one another. And we don't need to prescribe how that is. Create the opportunity. And our folks, when given an opportunity, um, oftentimes create the opportunity. Given the opportunity, um, find a reason to be able to help someone. Absolutely. So what are
0: some things that you have coming to Huntington that's coming to the community that you're really excited about?
1: (laughs) This podcast is going to get extremely long right now. (laughs) I indicated to you the idea was to establish a vision, Mm -hmm. uh, articulate that vision, build consensus around it, but accomplish it. Mm -hmm. The major thing that I was have been trying to do all of these years is to encourage everybody to know as i said earlier we can compete against anybody we anything that we set our mind to we are able to accomplish accomplish that in essence there were four principal areas of opportunity that i was wanting to take for us to take full advantage of maybe five three of them uh, related to neighborhoods um, and one was a an overall project um, first one is something that we're acting on right now is in the high line area yeah. where ACF industries has been closed for well over 20 years mm-hmm. um, when when I became mayor it was owned by a financier and his company in New York City uh, they made the they owned ACF industries um, had a labor dispute in the late 1990s, chose to shut it down, and they just sat on that property for 20-plus mm-hmm. years. I kept talking that we need to have some development there. I was talking about property we don't even control. Yeah, We were able to have conversations uh, with the, the senior executives within that company, mm-hmm. and they decided to, to sell it to, to the city, municipal development authority, uh, bought the, the land, and we have torn down uh, the factory. It was nearly 40 acres or a little over 40 acres, counting the uh, parking lot and where the, the factory plant was. I'm so excited now that, that the entire factory has been torn down, except for two buildings that we purposely left there to be able to... To be able to maintain the history, these were the yeah. original buildings from that were constructed in eighteen seventy-one.
0: As a historian, I can appreciate that.
1: Yeah, and 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 to be able to show that connection—that uh, when that plant was established was the year after Huntington was founded. Yeah, we were founded as a result of the explosion of the industrial revolution, mm-hmm. and. When Collis P. Huntington was building his railroad, brilliant businessman that he that he was, he said, Well, we'll build the railroad cars in Huntington
2: mm-hmm.
1: that will transport the raw materials to the Eastern Seaboard to be able to prevent railroad cars being sent from the Eastern Seaboard to Huntington empty and then go back f- filled. We make them here, send them back, and it made the operation much more efficient. And for 130 years, they were active in doing that. The last 20 years, nothing was was happening there. Well, now we're taking property that was developed that helped spur industrial production in this part of the Ohio River Valley now we have a chance to use the same property to help us dial into the digital age. yeah, and take full advantage of that. That I'm unbelievably excited about. We also had in the in the Fairfield neighborhood on Halgreer mm-hmm. Boulevard, there was a property in Northcott Court. that was an old uh, public housing project mm-hmm. that was uh, that was torn down. That property still hasn't uh, been developed, but we're active in that development. We're redesigning Halgreer Boulevard. That construction is going to begin next spring. That's going to redesign Halgreer Boulevard so that we can efficiently move traffic in and out of the city, but also do it in a safe way for pedestrian traffic and bicycle Mm -hmm. traffic. Because of that, there's property to be developed from capital huntington hospital all the way down to marshall university that's a quarter yeah that has opportunity be, to be developed i'm excited as can be uh, uh, about those those prospects down in the west end um we have 14th street west and its development where we have the antique shops yeah. Um, Central City area. The Central City area, all of that is being redeveloped and it's amazing, once again, how the people living in, in that area have stepped up to, to be active. But there's also down in Westmoreland, mm-hmm. the old Corbin factory that was closed has been bought by Coalfield Development Corporation, yeah. uh, a nonprofit organization that was fostering the development of different businesses to take full advantage of uh, changing energy needs and create uh, solar panel installations and 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 other partnerships not only their part they are headquartered in huntington but they have an impact throughout southern southern west virginia with with acf in the Highland area with what's developing in in fairfield what's happening in central city and westmoreland those three areas we also have what is developed frankly is the most unique dynamic downtown in a at least a 100 mile radius and i could argue 150 Mm -hmm. mile radius you have all of those there's a connection in the downtown that we know downtown proper and Marshall university and connecting those along yeah. fourth Avenue um, where the uh, innovation hub that is being developed by Marshall down closer to how Boulevard, but yeah. all of that development with what we have in the downtown as well with uh, the visual arts center that is, that is downtown. Let's face it. The heartbeat of Huntington is Marshall University, and yep. we're able to connect those, those together. So you, in essence, have four neighborhoods, but the one thing that we are working on that I think is going to have the most dynamic effect on our, on our community and our growth and, and the region is the building of a, a high-speed broadband network in the, yep. in the, in the city. Laying fiber on 183 miles of streets uh, that we have, right to the front door of everybody, and it would they will have access to be able to work with an internet service provider to determine if they want to go with Comcast, they can go with Comcast. If they want to go with AT&T, they can go with AT&T, or however many others.
0: The, but it creates the, that availability. It creates that
1: ability. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in the internet service provider business. I just want to lay the, the the fiber to allow them to to happen. So, some of the things coming to Huntington, all of these things start having an effect that also spin off other opportunities. Yeah. That's where I talk about the next fifty years. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is we're laying we're laying the foundation as to how Huntington will be in 2070 versus what we what we were in 1970 in essence that 100 year span a span of time not much happened from 1970 to 2020 yeah but there is one heck of a lot that is on stage and and we're laying the foundation for all those and there's an awful lot of other things that we're doing and making sure that the streets and where that have traditionally flooded over time, that we're building systems to be able to capture that stormwater and be able to, to, to move it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are areas in town that have been flooding simply because there was no infrastructure in place. There was no stormwater system. Yeah. Where we also have Four Pole Creek, mm-hmm. that we've got that that we have to, to work on. Um, there's a watershed that is outside the city, that all that water from outside the city, it's two and a half times, one and a half times the size of the city. And all that water comes into that one little creek that starts to work its way through town. Well, then there's some neighborhoods that are drastically affected on that. We are are working on on those things. I'm excited about all of these things uh, that, that we're doing and... Once again, it's where members of the community are coming forward and being active in us doing these things because we're accomplishing things that have never ever been done before or we're paving roads that have have not been paved for 40 years. Yeah. We're putting ourselves on a 10 year cycle yeah. where every 10 years, every street in the, in the city will be, will be paved. And now once you reach my age, 10 years goes by real, real, real fast. Yeah. And uh, uh, that's the great opportunity that, that we have where we've positioned ourselves financially that we're stronger than we have ever been. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, we can do things that we have never done. And as a result, I think that creates growth opportunity and prosperity Opportunities for us in in our community. Yeah.
0: So I have a fun question that just kind of popped in my head because you mentioned him of Collis Huntington, the story of why Huntington ends up in Huntington. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm assuming you've heard the rumor of you know the horse well, and well, guy well, and dog. Well, yeah, yeah.
1: The uh, it was because because a a horse decided to uh, do its business on the street in Guyandot, and the constable came in and gave a ticket to Collis B. Huntington, and it aggravated him, and as a result, he decided, all right, I'm not going to build it here. I'm just going to go right across the Guyandot to that land on the other side of the Guyandot River, and then I'm going to build my city over there.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Any
0: truth? you think there's any truth to that? Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I don't think that's urban legend. Mm. Uh, you know, Clint McElroy, a dear friend of mine, wrote a play called "Callus P," and that yeah. was included in it, right, right in it. I, yeah. I don't think that was just a rumor, or I don't think it's urban legend. I think it happened. Now, it's probably been embossed a little bit. Um, I would think so. Yeah. But, but that's the fun part of history.
0: Yeah, I, I, I know. Part of Cullis' thing was there's also the fact that there's already that infrastructure in the area of, you know, Holderby Landing's already here. Marshall Academy's already here. There's something that I could put there, and I don't have to tear stuff down in guy and pay for all that. But, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think there's probably a little bit of truth behind the horse story.
1: I am um, I'm, I imagine that that's where he saw that the town was going to be. Yeah, And as forward thinking as he was I'm sure he didn't have blinders on he Mm -hmm. had peripheral vision where he was seeing all of the opportunity on up the river and on down down the river yeah but I believe after that said all right, you can have your one horse town I'm going to build another one right over next to it well I can't I don't know the history of how long it took for Guyandot to be annexed into the city, but at that time, if 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 the laws of West Virginia were in place right then, it would have just stayed a little postage stamp. Yeah, because it is so hard for a municipality now to annex uh, areas into the city. Yeah, city of Huntington grew so fast because there were areas outside the hunting and the city of Huntington, Guyandot was annexed into the city. Harvey Town was annexed into the city. Yeah, West Central City mm-hmm. was annexed into the city. Then Westmoreland, you know the story about behind Westmoreland. That area was thing. go on further out west, there's more, more land, land yeah. out there. Westmoreland.
0: Yeah. That is the one thing that I really love about just this area in general is the way they name things is either – Something like that where it's, there's more land out west, Westmoreland, or something like Canova. Yeah, it, it gets its yeah, name from Kentucky, yeah, Kentucky Ohio, Ohio, Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. I, I don't, you really don't see that anywhere else. I
1: think that's really cool. Well, we are a unique <laughs> bunch here. The Scots Irish. Yeah. Uh, we're a unique, we're a unique bunch.
0: Well, my last question is how do you see the relationship between the city and the public library?
1: sacred Hmm. Judy Rule (laughs) did so much to build on that relationship so let me let me say it in two ways is that the city with quotes around it as city government and and the library uh, they are the the library is the is the location where knowledge is is kept and um um Transcribed, so to speak. Um, that's critical for any city with a small c. Yeah. And the city citizens to, to be able to, to, to have that. Um, the, the library provides not only information and helps individuals to be able to, to stay in, informed. Um, but it has a highly significant social purpose as as well. Um, It amazes me the number of uh, organizations that do come and meet there, and uh, where they will gather others around um, to come together to serve the, the, the public. But Judy was always coming to the city saying, we know that we receive, uh, there's a library levy and, uh, and other things, but the city government itself needs to participate. And, uh, early years when I was on city council before, and then as, since being mayor, um, we were having trouble to be able to get two nickels to rub together to be able to pay our healthcare costs and mm-hmm. pension costs and struggling just to be able to pave roads and everything and we were able to straighten out ourselves uh, financially, Judy always was consistently coming in and saying, we want your consideration to to help. The beauty is with Judy is that she was never, ever uh, bashful about asking for the order. Um, What we've been able to do, and I think it's the last three years, able to have budget appropriations that go directly to the library Hmm. and they have been increasing each year and and that's even more important for us for us to do
0: yeah well that's all the questions i have for us thank you very much for joining us today and we i i know i look forward to what's happening in huntington i'm sure you're very excited about it too and hope everybody gets to get gets a chance to hear this and and hear how some of these things are coming about
1: thanks for giving me an opportunity to talk about my favorite subject (laughs) is is the city and the citizens of of Huntington this is a public service for our community and once again this is the this it is indicative of the relationship between the city (laughs) citizens and the library thanks for letting me be a part of it thank you